Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. So I'm going to minister part two on that again tonight. Amen. So um, it's important to protect your seed. It's important to protect your seed. You know, everything you do in life, it's a seed. When you give someone a look, you just sow a seed. When you give your tithes, you sow a seed. Right? Whether it's good or bad, it's a seed. And if you, you don't want to sow a bad harvest, you want a good harvest. You know, so if you make a mistake and you, you get mad at someone, what are you doing? You're sowing a seed, yeah. right? And um, really, if you've, t- you know, you can give and give and tithe and be a giver and, and give your offerings. But if you don't walk in love, then you're not going to have the harvest. Because really, what's, what's going to happen is you're going to have weeds grow in all around, like Pedro said, and you know, you've got to protect that seed. And we protect that seed by walking in love and guarding our heart. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that you have a plan for this service, Lord, and we've come ready to receive, hungry for your word, hungry to grow in the things of God, hungry to be an example for you, Jesus, in this life, in this city, Father. I thank you that your light shines in this city. We thank you for the Porterville outpouring. We thank you, Father, it all comes to pass. This is a place of restoration where children are restored, families are restored. We thank you, Father, for it, for what you have for us tonight. We've come ready to partake of it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's so important to be a partaker. You know, you can sit at the dinner table and not eat anything. If you ever had, you know, you make this beautiful dinner and then your kids don't want that. They want the candy, the chips, the popcorn, whatever. And they're sitting at the table. But just because you sit at the table doesn't mean you're a partaker. Amen. So when you come to church, decide I'm going to be a partaker. We'll we'll say a participator. You know, you say amen. You take a bite. You go amen. You take a drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. You be a partaker of what God has and then you'll get more out of it. Amen. Amen. so if we could open our Bibles tonight to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. And I'm going to review a little bit of what I ministered on. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have another message. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And the Lord's like, no, nope. no. Nope. It's time to just, just to focus on the love walk. Amen. Um, I heard one minister say this. I opened it last time with it. The word is hazardous to carnality. It's hazardous to carnality. What is carnality? It's when you get in the flesh and you do what you want to do. It's living um, in the flesh instead of the spirit. And when, you, when the word is presented to you and you take it into your heart, it's gonna get, it has the ability to get rid of that carnality if we'll act on it. See, the easy part is listening. Right? Like your kids, oh yeah, they listen. Then they go back in the room and I'm like, I thought I told you to clean the room. What are you doing there? You go in there and they're playing. Like the easy part is listening. Listening. Because, you know, if you're really listening, you're going to follow through, right? But um, I remember Brother Hagen said uh, one of the hardest things, I'm paraphrasing, that he said is for me to uh, live what I preach. Right? Well, it's the same for you because you're a Christian. Your life is a, an example. The Bible says you're a living an epistle. You're a living epistle. That means, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to be living the life uh, as an example of Christ, right? People are watching you. 
Your family's watching you. Your kids are watching you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Deuteronomy 28, 1 says, If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to what? To observe or to do, the Amplified says. Being watchful to do all his commandments, right? So it's one thing to, hit, to listen, but then you have to be watchful to do. Be watchful to do. All his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Deuteronomy 28 is a great chapter on the blessing of the Lord, but it all rests on verse 1. If you'll listen to his voice and you'll be watchful to do all his commandments. You know, we just finished up teaching faith kids the Ten Commandments, right? So we went through each Sunday and we taught them one commandment. But the last Sunday, we went to the greatest commandment. Because the Ten Commandments are Old Testament. Still valid. Still valid. But that was before Jesus came. When Jesus came in the New Testament, he gave us a new commandment. So let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. Praise the Lord. Matthew 22. Verse 36, say amen when you get there. So the Pharisees, they were gathered around Jesus. And in verse 36, they said, Master, which, and they were trying to tempt him, you know, trying to trap him. Which is the greatest commandment? In the law, you know, there's 10, right? Do not steal, do not kill, do not commit adultery, you know, do not lie. And Jesus said unto them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So the first commandment is to love the Lord your God, right? Because if you love him, if you truly love him, you'll bring honor to him. You'll bring glory to him. You'll obey him. Verse 39, and the second is like it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, say these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. You know, there's a minister and he gives the example that love is, you know, love is, we see that love is the greatest commandment. You love God and you love people, right? And on that commandment of love, you hang everything else. If you, it's, it's like the rod, the curtain rod. Love is the curtain rod. And you can hang, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou won't, you won't commit adultery, right? All of those other commandments hang on love. Because if you really love God and you love people, you're not going to lie. Yeah. You're not going to kill. Yeah. You're not going to steal. Right. You're not going to commit adultery. Right? You're not going to worship another idol. You're only going to serve God and him only. So Jesus made it real easy. He said the greatest commandment is to love God and love people. So you can put everything, all the commandments, they'll be followed if you just do that one thing. Love God and love people. Right? So he made it real easy. So love is a commandment. Say love is a commandment. Now what did we just read in Deuteronomy 28? Be watchful to do all his commandments. Then I'll set you high above all nations of the earth. Then you can go and start reading all 
the blessings of the Lord will overtake you, right? It goes on to say you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, right? Blessed in your storehouse, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. Well, those two things don't just naturally happen. It all rests on watchful to do all his commandments. And we don't have to go back and go, okay, I got to figure out the Ten Commandments. Make sure I'm doing all the Ten Commandments. Just love God and love people. Jesus said right here in Matthew 22, love is the greatest commandment. If you do that, then you're watchful to do all of his commandments. You're going to do them all. And then you're going to be blessed. Then everything your hands touch will prosper. Why? Because the Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. Faith works by love. If things aren't working in your life, it's because your faith isn't working, possibly, and that is fueled by love. You can't have unforgiveness in your heart and expect the blessing of the Lord. You can't have resentment in your heart and call in the harvest, like Pedro was saying, because then your seed, you've allowed weeds to grow in. You haven't protected the seed you've sown. See, your love walk protects your seed. Your love walk protects your harvest. Your love walk protects your marriage. Your love walk protects your kids. Your love walk protects your finances. It all goes back to your love walk. Right? Praise the Lord. Obviously, you're going to have faith, but you can't have faith and no love and expect all those things to work for you. Right? Love is the fuel. Love is the fuel to your faith. Pastor Nancy said this, you set the pace for prosperity. I just kept thinking, you set the pace. She said, if you'll start taking steps towards, movement towards things, movement. She, she was saying, you know, people, they want a business, but they never get up and go start one. They want a car, but they never go out and look at one. They want another house, but they never make movement. And they sit on their couch and they're waiting while well, I'm waiting on God. But you're the one who sets the pace. When you start making movement, God will bring the supply and that supply will keep up with you, right? Praise the Lord. So I thought of this. I said, if we're setting the pace for prosperity, really our love walk, our love walk is setting the pace. Because if you start making movement towards things and you have resentment in your heart, you have things you haven't dealt with that the Lord's been dealing with you about, well, I, that person did that to me 20 years ago, and I'll never forgive them. I'll never forget what they did to me. Then you've hindered your healing. You've hindered your prosperity. You've hindered everything you're believing God for. But, you, but I'm confessing, Pastor. I'm sowing my tithes. And I'm a tither now. It took me a while, Pastor, but now I'm a tither, right? But you still have unforgiveness in your heart. Then you're not going to have your harvest. And I want a harvest. How many years have you been sowing seeds? How many years have you been giving your tithes? How many years have you been giving offerings? How many years are you reaping the harvest? Are you reaping the harvest that you want? If you're not, look at your heart. Am I protecting my heart? The Bible says, out of the heart, says guard your heart with all diligence in Proverbs, for out of it flows the issues of life. Your love walk the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It's in there. 
The love of God is in your heart. You're not doing something on your own, right? You're not like, man, I don't know how I'm going to love them. You don't have to do it in your own ability. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, and he put the love of God in our hearts. So we just yield to the love, right? We yield to it. You may have to have a scripture. Remember back in the day? Pastor Marcus, get me real, get me real hot. I get real hot. Still do. <laughs> and I had my scripture. Love is not touchy. I refuse to be touchy. He'd say, son, I'm going to go in there and open my cupboard. I also had another one above my, in my old house that said, I can do all things through Christ. You know, be eating dinner. He may say something. I just look at that. I can do all things through Christ. Same thing for me. I would just say it, under, but I had to say it. You have to say it. You have to say, I can do all things through Christ. When you're at work, and like Pedro said, they, they say something, they do something you don't like, they get out of love, you have to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, often we have a plan of how we're going to obtain something. But do we have a plan of how we're going to respond in love? What's our love walk plan? When I go, when I wake up in the morning, what's my plan for love? How am I going to respond if someone cuts me off today? If I go and they bring me the wrong drink at the coffee shop, you know, if I have to wait in a long line, what is my response going to be? What's my plan? You know, we make plans for vacations. If you're a teacher, you make plans in your classroom, lesson plans. I mean, you have a plan. You know exactly what you're going to do. You may even have a behavior plan. I know exactly if they do this, it's one, one, two, and three, right? If you're a mom, you have your, hey, this is, this is how we, you know, operate in our house. I have a plan. Maybe you have a, you know, when I was a stay-at-home mom, I'm like, okay, on Tuesdays I do laundry, and Wednesdays I do this, go shop, you know, uh, Thursdays I go grocery shopping. Like, you have a plan for your life. There's often, we, we make all kinds of plans. Yeah. What's your plan for your harvest? What's your love walk plan? When your spouse says something, when they give you a the look, or they have a rough tone with you, or, you know, somebody sets you off at work. Yeah. What's your plan? And let me tell you this, if you don't have a plan in place, if you don't have, and the plan can't be in your own strength. Your plan is, I am feeding on love. I am resisting the devil when he comes. You know, it's a temptation to get out of love. You're going to, let me just make it, we're going to be tempted every day, if not every hour, because we're surrounded by people, and people are made of flesh, and most people live in the flesh, and not in the spirit, even Christians, right? So you're going to be tempted, and when Jesus was tempted, what did he say? He said, it is written. He said, it is written. So for me, when I was going through my thing, see, and I grew up touchy. So, you know, I grew up feeling hurt, you know, and, you know, all my reasons, you know, when you're a kid, you know. And so I was touchy and feely and, you know, emotional. Sometimes I still am a little emotional. <laughs> but, um, but I had to, once you get married, you can't live like that because your marriage is going to get destroyed. You're not going to have a happy marriage, and I'd rather have a happy life than be right with my spouse. Prove that I'm right. No, you're wrong. I'm right. Right? And so I had my plan. 
I'm like, I'm done with this. You have to get fed up with getting offended. You have to get fed up with allowing the resentment. Well, you know, I'm this way. I'm this way because, um, you know, what my parents did to me. Or I'm this way because I didn't have this when I was growing up. Or I'm this way because this happened to me. Listen, we all had something happen to us. We've, or we've all gone through things. No one has lived the perfect, <clears throat> you may think they have, but you weren't in their backyard. Right? And, and, and I love what Pastor Nancy says. When are you going to like allow Jesus to redeem you from that? Yes. How, how, you keep talking about it? You keep pulling that card? Then you're excusing your behavior. You're excuse. Yeah, that's right. That card will cost you. It'll cost you your health. It'll cost you your harvest. It'll cost you your marriage. So when I got fed up, I'm like, I cannot live like this. I can't live. And when you are hurt, you see things through hurt glasses where nobody did anything. But you think, oh, I know they did. I know what they meant. I know what they were trying to say when they said that. I know what they were trying to do. And everyone's like, huh? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? But you see things. You, you've seen your kids get hurt. And they're like, honey, they didn't mean it that way. But they got hurt. And they allowed the hurt in. And it, it affects the way you see things. And so when I, you know, first got married, I was in my 20s. Pastor was in his 20s. Didn't feel young. <laughs> Had our first baby in our 20s. Was we in our 20s? Yeah, 20s. And so, you know, everything's fine and dandy pretty much when you get married. But then you have a baby, then the pressure's on. I'm like, what's going on over there? What are you doing? I, I need your help. You know, you start to get a little feistier because you have the pressure of children and crying and waking up in the middle of the night, changing diapers and feedings and getting prepared. And it takes like an hour and a half just to get everything ready to go out the door. And by this time, I'm like, forget it, I don't even want to go now. Right? There's, a, there's pressure. So finally, after a few years of the kids were little, I got fed up. And I realized, oh, there's stuff that I need to take care of in my heart. The Lord was dealing with me. Right? He's going to deal with you on things. Even as I'm speaking, I know that he's talking to you right now about something in your love walk that needs to get fixed. But what's he trying to do? He's trying to remove the hindrances to your harvest. He wants to move you into more. He wants your marriage to be happy, right? You don't want to be like miserable. You don't want to be a bitter old woman. You don't want to be a grumpy old man. Who wants that? No, no. And so he started dealing with me. Well, when he did, I'm like, okay, this is it. I am done with this. I got fed up with it. I got fed. Let me just tell you, I got fed up with being miserable and I knew better. But it's like I said, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to say, I'm putting this into practice. So then I'm like, I'm writing my scriptures. I had my love. I had it in the Amplified on the inside of my cupboard. I'd open it up. It looked like I was getting a cup of coffee, but I was like, thank you, Jesus. Love is not touchy. I do not even notice. The Amplified says, when others do me wrong. Like I had to start um, confessing that. And then when the temptation came, listen, whatever your obstacle is the enemy will bring the same thing to you through I, pastor nancy said this years ago will bring the same thing it'll be your test bring the same thing to you over and over and over again and i'm like oh that's just how you're trying to work me you try to work me in this area i refuse to get whatever upset touchy mad angry have a harsh tone however he works you realize that he knows how to push your buttons he knows how to get people 
to push your buttons, right? And so you just have to get fed up. You got to get fed up with it. And when you get fed up with it, then you actually put something in place. So you have a plan. So you have to ask yourself, what's my plan? What is the Lord dealing with me about in my love walk? Because my faith works by love, right? When you're guarding your heart, you want it to always stay tender. Tender towards God, tender towards people. If you start getting hard-hearted, then when God talks to you, you won't even notice. So you want to keep your heart soft. How do you do that? You forgive right away. You think the best of people always. You think the best. You give them the benefit of the doubt. They didn't mean that. They just weren't thinking. Right? Oh, they didn't mean that. You know they love you. They were probably too busy. Right? You, you keep your heart tender. Like you might even have to say it out in your head. You may be thinking, I can't believe I did that. But out of your mouth, you're going to say, you know what? I know they didn't mean to do that. And I, and I learned I have to defend people. Yeah. I told Pastor Marcus, I have to defend them because I have to keep my heart right. I have to guard my heart and stay in love and always believe the best. Whatever they did, that's between them and the Lord. But I always believe the best. They didn't mean to do that. They were tired. Right? You give them the benefit of the doubt. That's love. What am I doing? I'm keeping my heart soft and tender. I'm keeping it, I'm keeping my, I'm protecting my harvest. I want my faith to work. I have too many things I'm believing God for, right? So your heart has to stay tender because it's the little things that creep in. The little things the, de the devil uses. It's not usually the big thing. It's the little tiny things, right? It's the little things. They creep in. You don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. And they become dangerous when we don't address them. Amen? So have a plan. You know, Brother Hagen said this, anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know the devil's working on you. He's working on you. What's your plan when someone starts to talk to you and you get upset? Do you get up and walk out? Do you leave? Do you start yelling? Do you raise your voice? What's your plan? If you don't have a plan, that's what you're going to, you're going to yield to the flesh. You're going to do fleshly things. When, when the pressure's on, when the teapot is boiling over and it starts to whistle, what are you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? See, my plan, I always have this plan, me and Pastor Marcus. Things get a little heated, right? We have a debate. I'll always go and grab his hands. Because that's my plan. Because I know that touch helps. And I say, and then another plan, do you take the blame? You know, I'm to blame. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Right? I don't know. Have a plan. Or, praying tongues. Praise you, Jesus. Like, no, you have a plan. Like, you have a plan when you're believing God for answered prayer. Like, you'll start praising God. Thank you, Father. I'm healed. Like, if you're believing God for healing, I take, like, when I'm believing God for healing, I take my healing. I, I have my plan. Let me go put in some more healing scriptures because it's medicine to all my flesh. And I'll start praising. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'm the healed. I'm the whole. You sent your word and healed me. And I, I have a plan for that. When the devil tries to attack my body, I have a plan. When he tries to attack my kids, I have a plan. When he tries to attack the church, I have a plan. What about when he tries to attack your love walk? Do you have a plan? Because if you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. 
right? And you won't, you won't live in victory in that area. And my goal is I want to live in victory in every area. And when Pastor Nancy talked about it and said, we're wondering, where's our harvest? I'm like, ding, 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 ding. And then she went off and talked about strife. Go back and listen to that service over and over because she spoke it here. And then she talked about, she talked about us setting our own pace. That means there's more for us to go out and obtain. There's businesses, there's cars, there's homes, there's the blessing. It's not to, it's for our lives to be blessed, but it's also to be a blessing to others. Right? So go back and listen to that because there's answers in that message for us. Amen. So have a plan of love. How am I going to respond? How am I going to respond? If I get upset, what am I going to do? If my husband gets upset at me, what am I going to do? If the employer gets mad or I have a coworker that I know they're always edgy, what am I going to do? What's my plan? If I start to feel edgy for no reason or touchy, what's my plan? Because you could just wake up and I just feel, I didn't get enough sleep. I need a coffee. You know, and you get out of bed, like, what's your plan? How are you going to get out of that? What are you going to do? Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. I'll start praising God when I wake up. Thank you, Father. This is the day that you've made. I praise you. I glorify you. I'm going to shake that attitude off. I'm going to shake that flesh off. Those fleshly desires wanting to be. Your flesh wants to be grumpy. Your flesh wants to hold a grudge. It does. It like feels good. Your flesh wants to talk about people. It does. Your flesh wants to. Just let me give you a piece of my mind. Just and then spew it all out. Your flesh wants to. It feels good. Your flesh is like, yeah. It is. But in your spirit, it's like, and afterwards, you're like, why did I do that? It's like when you eat too much pie. We had some good apple pie. You eat too much pie, and you're like, oh, my gosh, why did I eat all that? Or the mashed potatoes. Why did I eat all those mashed potatoes? Because you know you shouldn't have. It's like when you give in to the flesh, why did I do that? Like, it, it felt good while you are doing it, but when you're done, your spirit's grieved. It's grieved because you weren't protecting the seed. And the enemy's like, ha, 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 I got you. I got in. But the good thing is you can be quick to repent. Lord, forgive me for that. I am going to have a plan for this. I notice that I keep yielding to this in this area. I keep thinking the wrong thoughts about so-and-so or about people. Or I keep, I keep wanting to, you know, I keep, there's this unforgiveness of this person. Every time someone mentions their name, I just go, eh. You know, I have an attitude. Maybe I don't show it, but in my heart, I start thinking bad about them. I can't believe they did that to me or did that to so-and-so, right? Even if you don't express it, it's in your heart. You have to guard your heart. So what's your plan? You know, when we have, you're a teacher and you're, or your kids and you're in school, they have a fire drill. Why do they have, or they have drills, right? They've got the uh, fire drills and the lockdown drills and all that. Matter of fact, we need to have one here for church. We do actually, but they have drills, right? What do they have that for? So you're prepared. So if something happens, you know exactly how to respond. We need to know as Christians, we know exactly how to respond when it comes to tithes and offering, right? We sow our seed, we confess over it, we praise God, we rejoice what we're believing in. We have our plan, we know exactly what we're gonna do. What's my plan when the emergency hits and I'm being tested in my love walk, what's my plan? What's my plan? And we all are in different environments. We all face different things, right? You know, you have to, you, God will show you 
What's your plan? But I'm telling you right now, you can't do it on your own. You've got to get in the word. I would encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians 13. It tells you all about love. What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. doesn't boil over with jealousy, right? Love believes the best of others. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It doesn't notice. This is the one that really ministered to me. Love doesn't notice when others do me wrong. Love doesn't even notice. If you don't notice, but you're like, you just walk away, guess what? You don't even have to say anything. You noticed. You noticed. I remember one time, I can't even remember now, it's been so long ago, but something had happened and I was at home and in our old house, we had this like square, it was like our little island and it was a, um, a butcher block. So I would, you could just cut the vegetables. Something had happened, someone had done something to me and I had my big knife. My dad was a, worked in a restaurant so he gave me this big white, it's like white handle, like this is a professional commercial knife. And I was like, and I was chopping things. I'm like, no, when you're not, if you don't watch your thought life, you could be, even this happened to me, like you could be putting on your makeup, you could be driving, there's nothing on. All of a sudden your thought life starts to go in a different direction. I can't believe I did. And I was like, I was kind of, I'm not telling, I can't believe something. And I was just, I can't remember what happened, but I thought, when Marcus gets here, I'm going to tell him what they did to me. Because, you know, I tell him everything. And I was cutting this up, you know. And the Lord said, well, if you didn't even notice, then you wouldn't even say anything. And I thought, I'm cutting up. I'm like, but Lord, I was like, in my, you know, I'm not saying this, but in my, in my mind, I'm like, but I tell him everything, you know. And of course, your flesh wants to tell. Tell them what, tell them what so-and-so did to you. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. and the Lord's like, but if you didn't even notice, then you wouldn't even say anything. And so I never told them. And guess what? I don't even remember what that was to this day. Because I didn't feed into it. The more you feed into something, the bigger it grows. If you are constantly feeding on, you, you erupt. That eruption, you constantly, it's zero to 60 and boom. It's you're just, that, that you're feeding that. It's going to grow bigger and bigger in your life. If, you're, if you constantly walk out when someone starts to confront you, well, I'm out of here. Or, you know, you don't talk to someone for, like Pastor Marcus and I, when we first got married, hold my hand because they're cold. I think we would go a day or two. Did we ever go longer? No? Never. We would go a day in the night because I remember at going night, to sleep. If we, if we fought at night, we probably woke up and made it, made it right. But now we don't, like, we don't even go to bed. I don't know why I was saying that, but we don't even go to bed. Um, if we are angry, we're like, okay, kiss up, let's make up, you know, because I'm not going to go to bed angry. The Bible says, don't let. If you go to bed angry, yeah. you are going to not sleep good. You'll probably have bad dreams. No, you will. You'll open the door to the enemy. Do. Don't ever let your kids go to bed angry. Don't ever let them go to bed angry. Don't go to bed angry because you open up the, the door. See, the enemy's trying to, he's trying to gain a foothold in your life. He wants to get in. And then once he gets in in one area, he's like, mm, got my foot in the door. Now let's go over here. Now let's go over there. And he wants to get in and cause strife. And strife is the very presence of the devil. You can feel it. You can feel it. I remember back in the day when Marcus and I would get in strife, next thing I know, I look over and the kids are getting in strife. I'm like, ooh, but it's a, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And it, it's a spirit. You've opened the door to a spirit. It's a demonic spirit. It's demonic. It's the very presence of the devil you've invited in. 
So have a plan of how to respond. Amen? And you have to open up your mouth to respond. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to repent. You know, Pastor Marcus has always taught us this. Be quick to believe. Be quick to take the blame. Be quick to have a soft tone. How am I going to respond when I'm upset? Do I need to take a couple deep breaths? Do I have a scripture? What's my scripture? Have, have the word because, like I said, you can't do this on your own. You have to have the word to renew your mind. What's my scripture? Go to 1 Corinthians 13. You do have to open your mouth. Speak the word. You know, um, think the best of one another. If someone tells you you're number one, just smile. Praise the Lord. I love that person, Lord. You bless them. They must really need you. They're pointing right to you, Jesus, that they need you. Jesus, you are number one. But when Olivia was little, she'd always do this. And we're like, you're number one, Jesus. And she'd always do number one. That's right, Jesus. So well, how are you going to respond? Have a, have a plan of how you're going to respond. Amen? Praise the Lord. And this is this, the um, story that I woke up with, just kept thinking about. And then we'll close. I don't know what time it is. Yeah, then we'll close. Um, it's the story that Kenneth Hagin tells about the two different families. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it's often not the big things. It's the little things in our life. It's the little things. And it's the little things that try to get in our heart that destroy our faith. So uh, there was a woman who came to Brother Hagen and said, she said, Brother Hagen, she said, there's no family in this church who's been as faithful as my family has been. But if any of our family members has ever received healing, she goes, I don't know it. But my husband's family, they're not nearly as faithful. In other words, her family was at church all the time. Her family's probably serving. Her probably, family's probably faithful in their giving, you know, faithful in their serving. And the other fa- her husband's family, they weren't. They're not even as faithful as us. And this is what the wife said. But they always receive their healing. Why is that? And Brother Hagin said, I don't know why one person gets healed and another one doesn't, unless God reveals it to me. But I do know this. If people get results over a long period of time, it's because they're walking, listen to this, it's because they're walking in line with God's word. They're walking, what are they doing? They're obeying his commandments. And love is the fuel. Then I said, this is Brother Hagin said, without knowing your husband's family, I would say that they're probably always receive their healing because they have two outstanding characteristics. First, they're quick to repent and forgive. You understand that forgiveness and repentance go hand in hand, he said. And second, they're quick to believe, right? This woman's eyes got so big, her mouth fell open. She said, why, Brother Hagen? She said, you've hit the nail on the head. And he said, well, it wasn't me. It was the Lord, right? He gave, gave the glory to God. He goes, I got that answer for Mark 11. Because Mark 11 says, you know, you speak to the mountain. Pastor Mark was talking about taking dominion. You take dominion. But after that, it's, it talks about um, you have to forgive your brother right if they offend you she said i believe my husband's family they're the quickest to repent and the quickest to forgive of any people i've ever known she goes not only that but if there's a squabble they take all the responsibility even when they weren't to blame they would forgive you no matter what you did to them they wouldn't hold anything against anyone not even for a moment not even for a moment and they'd always say i'm to blame Please forgive me. And they meant it. 
Do you know the more you speak the word, even when you don't feel like it, the more your feelings will follow that? When you don't feel like saying, I take the blame. Honey, I take the blame. It's my fault. When you don't feel like it, you say it. What are you doing? You're putting your flesh under. It's a faith walk. It's a faith life. I'm living by faith. And she said, my husband's family lived in the country, and it's hard for them to get to church. But when they'd come to church, they'd go to the altar. They'd repent the fastest, believe God the quickest, and get blessed the most of anyone, she said, I've ever seen in my life. What were they doing? They were doing it in the Word. (laughs) They were doing the Word. And I just love that story. And this woman continued. She said, but take my family. Now listen to what she said. We will eventually forgive. So it's not like her family didn't forgive. They did, but she said, we'll do it eventually because we know we have to. (laughs) But we'll hold out as long as we dare. But we'll forgive eventually. But look at these two families. They both forgave, but one was quick to do it. Like the... Not even for a moment. Quick to forgive. Quick to repent. Quick to get down to the altar. Quick to make it right. Quick to to take the blame. The other family, we're going to hold out. We'll do it. We're just going to hold out. Right? What are you missing out on? What are we missing out on when we will eventually walk in love? I'll walk in love eventually. What are we missing out on during that time frame? What are we missing out on? We're missing out on the blessing because we're not quick to obey the word. The more mature we are, the quicker we are to do the word. I remember a minister saying this when I was 12 years old. He said, you want to know how mature you are? You want to test your maturity level? How quick do you forgive? 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 If it takes you a day, two days three days it's been five years you're not as mature as you thought you were if you're quick no they didn't mean that that's okay I love them I know they didn't mean to I believe the best mature 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 we want to be mature in the things of God God wants to grow us so we can there's a harvest to bring in and it's not just a harvest of money a finance there's a harvest of souls There's people out there. The enemy is at war. The enemy's at war for your family. He's at war for your heart. He's at war for your marriage. He's at war for your kids. He's at war. And if you allow strife in, you're opening up your home to evil spirits. Every time you get in strife, evil spirits. Just close the door right now. Say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to talk about. Don't be talking about your boss. Don't be talking about those in authority. Don't be gossiping about people in your home, in front of your kids. You're planting seeds in their heart to be disrespectful, to not think right. You're giving them something to get over. You're giving them something to get over. You know how hard it is to get over stuff yourself. Don't give yourself stuff to get over. Just believe the best right away. Say it out loud. I believe the best. If, some, if your spouse says, well, I don't know about that. Ah, oh, they didn't mean to. Just be quick. Just be quick to defend. Love defends others. Love defends others. Love believes the best. 
so we can be mature and grow in the things of God. Why? There's a harvest for us to reap. Where's my harvest? It's connected to your love walk. Where's my prosperity? It's connected to your love walk. Where are those divine ideas? It's connected to your love walk. Where's that business? It's connected to your love walk. Where's the abundance? It's connected to our love walk. Where's my healing? It's connected to your love walk. And when you walk in love, you can say, devil, take your hands off my finances. I walk in love. Devil, take your hands off my kids. I walk in love. Devil, you take your hands off of my body. I walk in love. I walk in love. I'm a doer of the word. And Father, you said the doers of the word are blessed because they're doers of the word. I choose to walk in love. Love is my flow. I choose the love flow. Say, I choose the love flow. Did we get help tonight? Amen. I know I did. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm growing up, maturing in the things of God. Amen. Growing up and maturing in him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a harvest for us. She talked about it. There's a harvest. We set the pace. Amen. Say, I set the pace. Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father God, we love you tonight. We glorify you. Now, if there's anybody here tonight, you say, Pastor, I know that you were talking to me. I know God's been dealing with me. I'm going to make that right. Let's just bow our heads. Father, if there's anything that you have for us tonight, Lord, I know that there's some areas that we can all grow in. We want to grow. Say, I want to grow. I want to grow in my love walk. I choose to grow in my love walk. Holy Spirit, we ask you tonight to... to give us a plan. Give us a plan. We know it's easy just to yield. The more we yield to love, the easier it will be. You know, the more you yield to the love walk, the more you start doing things against your flesh and just love people and love God, the easier it'll be. But the more you yield to the flesh, the harder it'll be. So start yielding more to the spirit. Start yielding more to love. Start opening up your mouth and saying, I choose the love flow. The love flow is my flow. The love flow is easy for me. The love flow is the flow of heaven. That's the flow I choose. And I refuse any other flow. For any other flow is less than. Any other flow would try and steal my harvest. And I'm protecting my harvest. I'm protecting my heart by choosing to stay in the love flow. Amen. 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 Did you get help tonight? Praise the Lord. I love you all.